All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Sean Hannity Show. Toll-free, it's 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll get to your calls, final half hour of the program today. So we learned a lot why why any of these generals and and the Secretary of Defense Austin and, and Joint Chiefs Chairman Milley are still in power, I have no idea. Now let's go back. Now we have, uh, under sworn testimony, and I'll tell you why Milley was... Trying to play a little cute here. Ah, heck, I, I'd warn you myself if we were going to attack you. Trying to dismiss it. And my best guess is that it's likely that Woodward taped it. So he couldn't lie. He was also under oath. So he tries to minimize it. But think about this. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs admitting that if, in fact, a hostile regime led by a hostile actor, President Xi, if we needed to defend ourselves or defend our allies or needed a military action, that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs admits that he'd give China a heads up. That is a fireable offense. As a matter of fact, it probably would land the average soldier soldier a lot of time in jail, in my humble opinion, if in fact he did this. Now, he's admitting he did it, but he's minimizing uh, the impact of it. Listen, I was communicating to my Chinese counterpart on instructions, by the way, to de-escalate the situation. And I told him if there was going to be an attack, There'll be plenty of communications going back and forth. Your intel system's going to pick it up. I said, I'll probably call you. Everybody will be calling you. Uh, I'm going to be calling you? If there's going to be an attack, you're going to give a heads up to our enemy? That doesn't make any sense to anybody. And it's inappropriate. Now, there was also an exchange. I spoke about it earlier in the week with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. Why is he talking to all of these authors of all of these books, people that he knows are hostile to Donald Trump? his boss, and we still haven't really gotten to the bottom of what the conversations with Nancy Pelosi were about or the loyalty oath that he had other high-ranking military people take that that he inserted himself in the chain of command. The chain of command is clear. The Constitution is clear. The president, the president alone, is the commander-in-chief. The chain of command would then go to the secretary of defense, and his job would be to then execute the plan that the president puts forward. But anyway, why is he talking to all these authors? Marsha Blackburn asked him. General Milley, um, yes or no to this. Did you talk to Bob Woodard or Robert Costa for their book, Peril? Woodward, yes. Costa, no. Did you talk to Carol Leonic and Philip Rucker for their book, Alone Can I Fix It? Yes. Did you talk to Michael Bender for his book? book is, frankly, we did win this election, the inside story of how Trump lost. Yes. Yes. And were you accurately represented in these books? I haven't read any of the books, so I don't know. I've, I've seen press know. reporting of it. I, okay. I haven't read the books. Uh, let's have you read the books and then let us know if you are accurately presented Absolutely. and portrayed. I'm happy to do that. Okay, Senator Marsha Blackburn joins us now. Senator, let's start with your question, and that is, why is the jo- chairman of the Joint Chiefs talking to people that he knows hates his boss, the commander-in-chief? It is so interesting, Sean, that he did not have time to work on Afghanistan and have a plan A, B, C, D uh, when the president did not take the advice of the generals on the ground. But he had time to go talk to these uh, authors and journalists. And we don't know if that's the only ones that he talked to. He may have been talking to others. There may be more books yet to come. But it's misplaced priorities. and. 
it is a poor use of his time. He is to be there to make certain that the men and women in uniform have what they need to do their job, to be sure the president understands. See, he's the president's chief military advisor. So why is he taking what President Trump is saying, and then he is giving this information to authors to use in a negative way on President Trump? And he is still at that point, he is still the president's primary military advisor as chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and he's going completely outside of his chain of command in doing this. Well, that would be a fireable offense. Uh, you raised yes. uh, it, it, a lot of important points as it relates to this. Um, you know, for example, there have been many people in the media that have speculated, um, and they've been wrong completely, about uh, the relationship that I have with Donald Trump. I've known Donald Trump over 25 years. And they ask me all the time, well, well, you talk to the president. I said, how do you, who, who, how do you know who I talk to? I said, why don't you give me a list of every single source and person you talk to? And then I'll consider whether or not I'll acknowledge whether I do or do not talk to President Trump or anybody else. It's none of your business. I'm a member of the press. I'm a talk show host. We do straight news. We do investigative reporting, opinion, culture, sports. We do it all. We're like a full newspaper. And so I find it very, very offensive. Um, and you said something. And, and that's the way I feel. If I have a conversation with being a member of the press with somebody that is off the record, I have an obligation to keep that conversation private. Why would General Milley be taking private conversations with the president of the United States of America, his boss, and and be relaying this to people that he knows hates his boss? And the thing is, he did it over and over again spending hours talking about what the president or the white house officials um relating these conversations so we have asked uh, to find out more about these conversations we would like to have transcripts uh we want to know what kind of written advice um you know we know what he did to president trump but we've asked to see written advice that he gave to President Biden because, Sean, this thing in Afghanistan is a complete debacle, and the men and women in uniform are very upset about it. Our vets are very upset about it. DOD and Department of State have not done their job, and now we've got our veterans groups our uh, retired special operators that are out there trying to help figure out how to get these individuals out of Afghanistan because we have a command team in General Milley, Secretary Austin, uh, that gave information to the president. They didn't present options. The president didn't take their advice. And now, we have the Taliban, a group that is loyal to a radical Islamist ideology, now controlling a country with a safe haven for terrorists, and the world is less safe because of Joe Biden, Mark Milley, Secretary Austin, and they are not being focused on the job, which is to protect this country from enemies foreign and domestic to provide for the common defense let me ask you this question we just played the answer that millie gave acknowledging that in fact have uh well if we're going to attack you speaking to his chinese counterpart 
uh, there's going to be a lot of chatter and, and, and there'll be a lot of contact. And, and heck, I'll tell you myself if we're about to attack them. Uh, can you help me out, Senator? That would seem to me to be aiding and abetting our enemy. Well, to me, it would be, and there are a vi- variety of reasons why General Milley should be relieved of his duties. And why in the world would he call China and have that conversation and rationalizing that conversation, which is what he was seeking to do when he was in front of us. He was not successful in doing that. You heard the exchange that he had with Senator Sullivan. And then to try to say, well, we have these conversations all the time and expect us to believe that he calls not only allies, but he calls our adversaries and says, hey, you know, don't worry. I'm in charge over here. Uh, what about, but then he takes it a step control. further. Did, but but <laughs> the, didn't he get a loyalty oath and go to other high-ranking military members that he inserted himself in the chain of command when he's not supposed to be in that chain? And, and yes, I'd still like to under- get to the bottom of what he did with Nancy Pelosi. That's right. And the meeting came after uh, his conversation with Nancy Pelosi. And he said in the hearing that she had some unfavorable comments to make. He even made a comment that she was, that he was not able to judge the president's or not qualified to judge the president's mental health. This is not his role. And then to say, you know, there are policies and procedures and to tell people, well, I'm a part part of this policy and procedure. Again, inappropriate. And again, he had no right, no reason, no standing that would allow him to have that conversation or then to repeat that conversation well, to when an you author. add that to the fact that they they could have easily when we had control of Kabul as the Taliban and I went through this in great specificity last night showing the Taliban on the march you know throughout April and May and June and July as they were taking over larger and larger geographical areas uh, from the south, moving up north towards Kabul, uh, there was there was no secret that the Afghan military was collapsing. Although Joe was still praising the great training they had in July, uh, but they had ample opportunity to push them back, and and that would have taken simple drone strikes. That would have handled the situation and bought right. them more time. Or they could have expedited the withdrawal. They could have ensured that every American was taken out, all their family members, the thousands of green card holders, the people that have every right to be in this country legally, uh, our Afghan allies, not that they necessarily came here, but we would get them the hell out of there as we promised them and get our military equipment out, the billions of dollars that Joe now gave to the terrorists. We continue. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is with us. My question is, this was one of the, the, the most preventable situation ever. And now we have Americans abandoned behind enemy lines and a State Department saying private charters can't land in the U.S. And if a third party country will accept your charter and and they need our approval, it will not be forthcoming. So I'm trying to understand, is there any hope to ever get these Americans and green card holders and allies out of Afghanistan? Because I don't really see a lot of hope here, even though they're claiming they have all this leverage with the professional and business like Taliban, Senator. And, you know, President Biden said, and this is one of his 
uh, untruths that he is told is that he had a plan to get everybody out. We still can't even get the number. And on a bipartisan basis, we have asked for the number of Americans, SIV holders, applicants, their families, our allies. Tell us how many people are there. And thank God for these veterans groups like Task Force Pineapple and Nazarene Fund and the guys that are going in there and are using their contacts to get people out. Well, can I ask you a question? Why is the FBI yeah. investigating them? There's an article that all these groups are being investigated. Why would that be? Well, that is just ridiculous. These are the people that are doing the job. I'm working on legislation that would allow individuals that donate to these nonprofits to be able to take a tax credit, not just a tax deduction, but a tax credit, because the U.S. did not do their job. The Department of Defense did not do their job. Department of State did not do their job. Well, is, is the reason somebody, they won't let these charters land in the U.S., or they won't give approval, State Department approval, to land in a third-party country if needed, is that because they, they fear being embarrassed and humiliated because... Uh, patriotic Americans make them look bad? They are already embarrassed and humiliated. Oh, I don't think they're embarrassed at all. I think they don't give a rip. Well, you know, and there's a lot to be said for that because I look at this and I say, nobody could have messed this up this bad. It has to be intentional. And Joe Biden wanted to circle September 11th on the calendar. He wanted to take that victory dance on September 11th and say, hey, look at me. I'm the man. I got this done. I got us out of Afghanistan. But, Sean, he missed the key point, and it is that we are in the war on terror. We weren't at war with Afghanistan. It's the war on terror. We are fighting terrorists. And because of Joe Biden's mistakes, now the Taliban and terrorist organizations have a safe haven in Afghanistan and it's to go worse than up that. their dirty deeds. And yeah. they have Americans held hostage. That's what they are. They're hostages. Yeah. And I don't see a whole hell of a lot of hope of getting everybody out safely. I hope to God they do. Uh, anyway, thank you. thank you, Senator. Appreciate you being with us. I thought you did a great job this week. Uh, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Quick break, right back. 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, there is real, real palpable fury against Senator Joe Manchin and Senator uh, Kristen Sinema of Arizona. And uh, Dickie Durbin is furious. He's out there screaming, well, what do you want to close the deal? Well, Manchin answered the question. He said, I, I went from zero to $1.5 trillion to compromise. That's my compromise. And Durbin urging Manchin to vote for the bill, one heartbeat from losing the Senate. And then Bernie Sanders went, we don't know what Manchin and Sinema want. It's not appropriate for Manchin and Cinema to slow down progress. Listen to the listen to the fury of these two. Means testing means that do you are we targeting the people that need it or getting it or the people getting it that maybe could do without? I and mean, they're in pretty good shape. So I said means testing. I said work requirements. Those are all very very important in these things. And that way you target children. So you have the beginning of life, our children. Pre-K, yes. Then you have the end where our senior citizens want to live in the dignity and respect of their own home. We can do that with some assistance. And again, some can pay. Some can pay a little bit and some can't pay any. That's means testing. It goes an awful long, long way that way. I'm just not, so you know, 
I cannot accept our, our economy or basically our society moving towards an entitlement mentality, that you're entitled, okay? I'm more of a rewarding because I can help those who really need help if those who can help themselves do so. Well, I would urge, Joe, if you believe there's value and merit to the programs in the reconciliation bill, don't wait. Do it now. Have you spoken to Senator Manchin or Senator Cinema privately? Do you know what exactly they want when it comes to an actual number on the spending package? Because they're, I mean, everybody, they seem to be very vague on that. I guess, well, that, obviously, that's intentionally. Of, that's, that's part of the problem is, you know, when you're negotiating, you come forward. You tell me what you want. This is what I want. Let's see how we work it out. But I think there has been a lot of frustration uh, with both of those senators in that they have not come forward and said, you know, this is what I want. This is what my concern has been. You know, they have talked in vague terms, but we haven't seen the specifics that we need. So you really don't know specifically what cinema or mansion want. That is correct. I think my frustration, uh, Anderson, is not necessarily the views of Mr. Manchin or Ms. Cinema. It is that when you got 48 people on one side and the American people overwhelmingly on the same side and one or two people on the other side, you know, it is not appropriate, I think, for those couple of people to slow down progress. They have a right to be heard. They have a right to, you know, get concessions. That's what the process is. But, you know, any member of the Democratic caucus, Myself, anybody else, I believe in a Medicare for all single payer program. I think the current health care system is dysfunctional. I could go to Chuck Schumer tomorrow and say, Chuck, I'm not voting for that bill unless you have Medicare for all. But that's not what the caucus wants. That would be irresponsible. All right, to our busy telephones we go. Jamie is in Florida, where I should be. Jamie, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, I'm doing good. You need to move here for sure. We need more people like you. I'm calling to talk about the Montanucleal, the antibody treatment that DeSantis set up the centers. I personally got COVID in July, and this is before those centers were set up, and the teledoc that I talked to on the phone recommended me getting the infusion, and I didn't know much about it, so I did like you told us and investigated, and I found a study. It was an investigational clinical research at the University of Florida, and I got the treatment, and the lady, let, when I left, she said, we don't know if we gave you the real thing or not, but I hope you start to feel better tomorrow. You'll know, and immediately the next day, I was improving so you were, you were you were you actually took this early when they were in the the clinical trial phase? Yes, and I just told everybody about it when my boss got right. sick, her husband had the vaccine, he got sick. I'm like, you guys need to go get this and they ended up their doctors prescribed it for them. They got it in the hospital and they both got better. My daughter, and that's the scariest thing when you hear that your child has COVID and you like start hearing especially How old is your daughter? At that time. She's 17. Yeah, listen, and most kids that age, and, 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 and I have the same thing. Yep, my kids are a little bit older, but almost all their friends got this thing. And it just is not, it does not, at the time, it did not at, impact kids in any way or near what, what older adults, pre-existing conditions, compromised immune systems were experiencing. Look, I, I'm not a doctor, but I would say this, and Joe Biden only mentioned monoclonal antibodies one time two weeks ago, and then he rationed it because it was working in Florida. And Ron DeSantis had set up these monoclonal antibody treatment centers. So now now Ron DeSantis has to go out and buy his own. We don't have a shortage of Regeneron. We just don't. We're even the rest of the world is getting, you know, large supplies of it. So for Joe Biden to do it is pure politics. Why it took him a year to mention it, I don't know. 
and then to, you know, play politics with it is disgusting and repulsive. Here's what I would advise people if you whether you're vaccinated or you and have a breakthrough case or unvaccinated, if you get a positive covid test, go to your doctor immediately and ask about monoclonal antibodies like Regeneron. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm telling you to talk to your doctor about it. Um, That's the first thing I would do. Okay, so that's my advice to everybody. I think you're right. And then you make you make the decision in consultation with your doctor based on your unique medical history and current condition. Um, Yeah, the the centers that DeSanto set up, they should be doing that every state. It's like we were able to go there with no appointment, no prescription, get treatment and be out in two hours. She got um, usually not out in two hours. It takes about two and a half hours hours for the infusion. But yeah, and then the and then they keep one, you there is, for observation for an hour or two. So it's a pain in the ass, but I mean it's it's better than the alternative, right? right? But the newer method is just injections into the abdomen and fat muscles in the back. That's what my daughter got, and we were there right. for twenty minutes observation. And the lady said the infusion takes four hours. Would you rather have this? And we said yes. So that is the option yeah. now. And, and that's your daughter's what better. She's okay. Are. She recovered within 24 hours. She was fine, muscle aches yeah. only for about a week, and then she started getting the lung coughing up mucus, really respiratory yeah. symptoms. So I started getting worried, and we went that route just because I knew it worked. And well, why not get a treatment that's going to make you better rather than sit here and be sick for another week or two? Well, I'm glad she's okay, and I appreciate you going there and, and reminding people. But, again, do it with your doctor's approval. I, I appreciate the call. Thank you. 800-941-SHAWN. I had, I had a friend in Georgia. 74 years old, 68-year-old wife, they get unvaccinated, tested positive. Within 24 hours, they both got Regeneron at Emory uh, University Hospital in Atlanta, and they were fine. Within 48 hours, they felt great. I had another friend of mine, him and his wife got it. They lived down in Tampa, breakthrough cases, fully vaccinated, got the monoclonal antibodies, got Regeneron, and and he felt better in 24 hours. She was better in 48 hours. Another friend of mine up here in, in New York lives close to me. He, he had a breakthrough case, fully vaccinated, got COVID, got the infusion in less than 24 hours. And he had the best 10 days of his life because he went fishing and he sent his family to Florida. And he's sending me 40-pound striped bass fish that he's catching every day saying, I'm having fun. How's your day? Being a wise ass. Um, but I'm glad he's okay. Jim in upstate New York. What's up, Jim? Glad you called. How you doing, Sean? Um, I love your show. I uh, listen you. to it pretty much every day in the car, out of the car, wherever I am. Thank you. Um, so anyway, uh, why is Millie still on the street walking around as a free man? Can anybody explain that to me? And then Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Sheckler, he's... In solitary confinement, I believe it's in Camp Lejeune. Yeah, he's in solitary confinement. He's in the why brig. Isn't, why is not Millie in the cell next to him? Well, I, you know, I, I because we have a two-tiered justice system. That's the answer. If this happened under Donald Trump, we all know it would be treated differently. Everything Thank- was treated differently under Donald Trump. You know, the, the, I noticed Durham is now looking deeply. He's now issued more subpoenas and... He's going after Perkins Coie. It seems to me, based on the Sussman indictment, that Durham finally figured out that Hillary orchestrated that whole lie and that her money, money came from her and the DNC money she controlled, and they funneled it through that law firm, Perkins Coie. 
Now Durham is really honing in on Perkins Coie, and I think he knows the origins of this this conspiracy theory is the Clintons. Will he ever hold her accountable? I tend to doubt it. The same person that bleach bit, you know, her hard drive and busted up her phones with uh, hammers, etc. Yeah, I don't really think that um, I don't think any of the people that really deserve to be held accountable or the people that committed premeditated fraud on a FISA court. I think I don't think any of them are going to be held accountable. How does that make me feel as an American? Pretty, pretty crappy, to be very honest, because that that undermines our Constitution. Our Constitution is the foundation for the rule of law in this country. And if we apply laws you know, differently to people. We don't have equal justice under the law. We don't have equal application of our laws. Just like Joe Biden doesn't have the right to ignore the the law of the land as it relates to the border, but he does it anyway, and he facilitates the lawbreaking. He's aiding and abetting, you know, all these burdensome COVID mandates on Americans and now apparently Border Patrol agents, they're going to have a vaccine mandate. But if you're one of the 1.5 going on to 2 million illegal immigrants... In this country, there, there's no there's no COVID test. There's no vaccine mandate. They just give you free transportation and disperse you all over the country. And then the governors are forced to spend a fortune because they got to provide food and shelter and health care and education uh, for people that don't have any money. And meanwhile, other countries are charging a fortune for citizenship. And, mean, and then the Democrats now a second time have tried to sneak amnesty into the reconciliation bill and again the senate parliamentarian had to say no you can't do it unbelievable times we're living in um jeff in iowa jeff thanks for checking in with us how are you hello hi how are we doing i'm good sir how are you doing i'm doing good uh what i wanted to talk about is i just recently lost my dad to covid uh he was 74 years old and he indeed he got uh, both of the pfizer shots back in march and, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they set the date as six months before he could get his next shot. Well, six months would have been the 23rd of September, and he passed away from COVID on the 21st of September. I, I don't know of anybody that had a six-month interval between the first and second shot. Now, remember, Johnson got, & Johnson was a single shot. shot. March. In March 3rd and March uh, 26th, he uh, got two Pfizer shots. Let me- let me ask you a question. And by the way, I'm very sorry about losing your dad. I still think yeah, about my you. dad every day. He's been gone 25 years. My and I, I really mean it. It's it's painful. Let me ask you this: Did your dad ask the doctor about any type of therapeutics like monoclonal antibodies? Did he ask? You know, I'm not sure. He was uh, he was going to the vet's hospital, and they were you know giving him everything that they could. I know uh he did i i, 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 wait a minute. I bet you they didn't give him regeneron you need to they look into that didn't nope and if they didn't that would be listen is i don't know anything about your dad's medical history or or current condition so i'm not at liberty to really judge but most people are will do qualify to get regeneron especially at his age and it has to be taken early and and if you're telling me that our vets veterans hospitals aren't doing this for our vets, they need to be. You know, Rhonda Santos is showing great success down in Florida. You know, Joe, nobody mentions monoclonal antibodies. Again, I'm not telling you what to do, but if you get a positive COVID test, you need to ask that question to your doctor. What are the therapeutics that are available that will so I can be proactive with my medical health? Uh, that's all part of the process of being well informed and. 
I'm so, I'm sorry to hear this because I I don't know, but I I do I know I have a 74 year old friend that didn't get vaccinated, positive COVID test, and within 24 hours got the infusion and he was fine. And his 68 year old unvaccinated wife was fine. Now, does that the same for everybody? No, it's not. It's kind of the, the strangest thing. This this virus for some people it's a freaking cold. For other people, you know, it devastates them, and and, and they're on a ventilator the next th- in 11 days. You know, but I, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I'm he sorry was to hear. On a Friday and Saturday, they uh, put him on the ventilator, and uh, wasn't long. You know, less than two weeks after that, they. That's about that's about the time frame. I'm sorry you lost your dad. Please, I want this audience take it seriously. Do your research, and I'm not talking about putting on a lab coat. No opening of virology lab these idiots in the media talk to your doctor immediately you get a positive covid test talk to your doctor breakthrough case talk to your doctor vaccinations talk to your doctor talk to your doctor talk to your doctor all right please take it seriously i've seen how bad this can be all right that's going to wrap things up for today hannity tonight nine eastern fox news we'll give you an update on lieutenant colonel schiller the marine and the brig because he dared to point out the truth, that is, that the Afghanistan withdrawal was a disaster. He can't speak for himself. His parents will join us with Louis Gohmert, Lara Logan on the varying controversies that exist involving the Biden administration, Greg Jarrett, Newt Gingrich, Laura Trump, and Scott Brown. 9 Eastern, Hannity, set your DVR, Fox News. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. You make this show possible. We can't thank you enough.